The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So in these steps of, 16 steps of mindfulness of breathing, the fifth step is breathing in when experiences joy, breathing out when experiences joy. And the word for joy is a word that uh, probably good for you to know. It's a, the, the Pali word, the Buddhist word, because it's often used in our scene. People often use it without saying joy, partly because joy probably doesn't do justice as the full translation of the word. Sometimes, you know, you don't translate a word because you can't quite find an English word that exactly works. And so you use the, sometimes the Buddhist word, and over time you get a sense, oh, that's what it means. So the, <clears throat> the word is, um, unfortunately, <laughs> what it sounds like in English, um, the word is pity. <laughs> pity. It's spelled P-I-T-I. Pity. And um, so it's, um, and uh, this word pity is uh, strongly associated with meditation. And sometimes it's uh, understood as kind of a thrill. Uh, occasionally I've seen people try to translate it as, as zest, Z-E-S-T. And, um, and it's, uh, it often has a very strong physical, it can have a, a, a strong physical association. Uh, sometimes it's not necessarily pleasant, but it comes with becoming concentrated. When you really start being focused in the present moment and being on the present moment, um, it tends to have a physiological effect on us. And sometimes that physiological effect can take a variety of different forms. A, a fairly common one for some people is feeling a little bit of pressure on the forehead as we get concentrated. And that little bit of pressure or strong pressure vibration uh, would be called a form of pity, this kind of, this kind of joy or something. Uh, sometimes uh, people feel strong sensations around their, their uh, lips. Sometimes their lips smile. Sometimes even not smiling. There's kind of a lot of sensations there. Uh, some people, um, it comes with seeing light. And as they get concentrated, they see some, color, some usually white or yellow or different color light that's kind of in their field of vision. And that's considered to kind of be a sign of this pity arising for people. <clears throat> Sometimes there's energy that starts to flow in the body in particular ways. It's just, you know, this, that goes on. Um, Sometimes, um, you know, it just feels a strong sense of purring, strong sense of uh, kind of well-being, kind of upwelling feeling. The classic image for it is a, is the, uh, a metaphor is that of an underground lake, an underground, but a lake that's being fed from an underground spring. There's no, and so there's upwelling of fresh water inside the, inside the lake, welling up and spreading out. So it's kind of an upwelling inside. And, um, and um, sometimes a lot of tingling, sometimes a feeling of lightness, physically being, feeling light comes with it. Um, and um, and it, it has a strong physical side to it, but it's understood in the tradition to be a mental phenomena, a kind of mental excitation or mental thrill or something. And um, it's a normal part of meditation when meditation gets concentrated and settled. Uh, when people do vipassana, mindfulness meditation, it tends not to be so strong, and it doesn't have to even be there. So we shouldn't hold it up as like it needs to be there and be a good meditator. <clears throat> but for people who start getting kind of concentrated, 
sometimes this begins to happen and arise. And if it's just a pure concentration practice, sometimes it gets quite in, can get quite intense. So much so that some people call it rapture. And they translate pity as rapture. And um, <clears throat> some people I get so, uh, at first they think, oh, I'm so lucky, this is like really good news. I can't I, I believe how, you know, it all is, this is, you know, better than sex. Um, but then after a while it gets old. And um, the, um, you know, it's like, oh no, not again, all this, ener- all this energy and all this, you know, <sighs> you know. And um, you know, give me a break. You know, it's tiring. It literally is tiring after a while. Just feel, you feel after a while the tiring of it. You know, but you have to have experience it for a while to start, you know, you know, you know, lose the thrill of it. And um, so, um, so then there's a, uh, so then there's a next stage, a next step. And that is uh, the, the, some of the energy, especially the physical energy of, or, the, or the mental excitation of, the, of that joy quiets down. And whether the joy was very quiet or whether it's very strong, um, at some point it quiets down even more and it's replaced by something the tradition call, it calls sukha. And sukha is often translated as happiness um, though in this uh, in meditation practice, they often the translations often don't use the word happiness for it, but rather use this kind of more neutral word pleasure compared to joy. And the reason for that is that um, that uh, the mental excitation of concentration quiets down, and what's left is a very deep, much more satisfying, sublime feeling of contentment, or happiness, or I like the word well-being. It feels very physical in the body, and um, and because of a strong physical nature of that that sukha, uh, translators will often translate it as pleasure, maybe because the happiness maybe has to do with some kind of being happy at something, having won the lottery or something, and there's nothing there's nothing you know nothing has happened except except that you're concentrated, and so this uh, deeper feeling of I like the word contentment, a deep sense of um, they, it's often described a strong sense of confidence arises, um, uh, some equi- degree of equanimity arises and happens in this state, um, and um, uh, things become quite st- much stiller in the body. With the joy, there's more energy in the body and flow in the body. With the happiness stage, uh, it becomes quieter, it's, still, it's stiller, it's kind of a still feeling inside. So there's this transition that happens at some point. And um, mostly I think it's uh, wise to let that transition happen on its own. It'll happen naturally uh, if you just keep practicing. With, but uh, some, it's also possible to kind of um, move from the joy phase to the happy phase. By, and one of the ways to do it is to get, to get familiar, know this joyful feelings, whatever it might be. And then, um, and then kind of look in the cracks of it and feel kind of... If you feel that there's something within it, something that's a deeper sense of contentment, deeper sense of sublime uh, being at home or being peaceful or being happy or something, a sense of well-being, a deeper sense of well-being. And then you bring your attention and you focus on that deeper, quieter sense of well-being. And perhaps even like kind, of, kind of as you exhale, then let go of the more the peripheral excitement, the peripheral kind of energy around the joy. And just let yourself kind of 
settle and come to rest at that place inside that's more, more uh, quieter, more contented. That's one way that people move from one to the other. Um, sometimes there's no sense of one or the other. It's, sometimes it just feels like you're in a deep sense of deep state of contentment. It just you know it doesn't seem like joy in the traditional sense. You just kind of feel very much joyful, kind of happy and contented, settled. And you wouldn't call it joy, but it's just but you know, you'd, maybe you would call it happy or or something like that. So the so this step five and six of Anapanasati have to do with opening to, recognizing, allowing, basking in, making space for these kind of feelings of well-being. These two kinds, this uh, kind of well-being that we would call might call joy, and the kind of well-being that maybe we call happy, or maybe we call contentment, or um, sublime pleasure, something, uh, something deeper, just quieter. So um, let's finish with a little meditation for today. So we've, we've done this practice today and explored certain aspects of breathing and <coughs> guided you through various parts of the map of practice. And now it's a time for you just to be with yourself as you are. If you'd like to let go a little bit or relax, as you exhale, relax into how you are right now. No need to get concentrated. No need to change how you are, except for Settling into how you are here now. And as you're sitting now here, what needs to be accepted so you're more at peace with what is?
And if right now you don't need to be any different than who you are, what's happening, except maybe with your mind, your awareness, open up and make lots of space for it. Lots and lots of space. So much space for what is, that the space becomes more interesting than what's happening. The space holds it all. Whatever you're thinking or feeling, held in vast space.
in the last minute of the sitting. See if in as peaceful and relaxed way as you can to just really be here with yourself as if there's no problem, no issue, to just be present. Everything accepted, everything allowed. Just here for one minute with what is. So, so the, the morning we I kind of reviewed the first tetrad, becoming familiar with your breathing, using the breath as a way of cultivating present moment attention, helping you let go of distracting thoughts of past and future, and just really being here with the breathing as you breathe. And then as you get more familiar and more present, then it makes sense to open up to become aware of your body. And it's a wonderful thing to just, without doing anything more than just becoming aware of it, but to kind of breathe and kind of open up and have a global awareness, just aware of your body and space and time, just here. And then to, uh, when it seems appropriate, not a big engineering project, uh, to uh, relax the body, to relax the mental formations. And then as we relax more deeply, there will become a time when, um, you know, as long as you don't fall asleep, if you're alert and relaxed and present, and then the uh, time will come when a sense of well-being will begin to surface for you, well up. 
that uh, maybe will be subtle and maybe it'll be strong. And uh, regardless of how it is, uh, knowing that that's a part of the practice, you're allowed to include it. You're allowed to feel it, enjoy it, and um, but enjoy it in a way that's not uh, thoughtful, not thinkingful. So like one way to think about it, it would be you feel some joy and say, wow, I'm like the best, next best, best thing to Buddha. This is good, I can't do that. But I, you know, here at IMC, they, Gil should grant badges, you know, medals. and <laughs> So I can get this nice medal from my, you know, stripe from my shoulder and people can see, you know, that I've had joy in my meditation. And like I'm a really, this is really awesome. That's uh, thinking about it, right? And, uh, and uh, so to, to allow for it, to give it, but don't, don't give in to the thoughts that might arise. Just kind of, kind of make space and feel it. And in a way, use that whatever sense of well-being, present moment well-being that arises in meditation, however subtle or strong it might be, use it as a biofeedback system that helps you, inspires you to keep going back to the breath, keep staying with the breath. There's a peripheral vision of the joy of the well-being that might be, that you have to keep this peripheral vision, be aware of it, but you would still kind of, you kind of, Use it, oh yes, this is good, this works, this is like, I'm on the right track, let's just stay with the breath. And the peripheral vision that uh, allows us to be aware of the breath and the body, breath and relaxing the body, breath and joy, breath and happiness, is kind of similar to the peripheral vision, maybe, that you use for driving a car. I mean, you have to kind of keep your attention focused and while you're driving in the road, but you're aware of, you know, a lot of other, you might have a conversation with someone in the car, right? And you're aware of that, but your primary focus is on the road. So you have this primary focus on the breath that just keeps it going, keeps it going, but you allow this peripheral vision that supports the whole process of being in the present moment this way. So I hope this makes sense to you. And um, next time we'll do the next two tetrads, which have to do with, uh, remember today, uh, I introduced you to the, the bodily formations. Um, next time we'll talk about mental formations, which I'd like to translate as mental activities. And this is where, if you found your, your overactive mind, you know, a lot of thoughts and a lot of mental stuff going on, that the, here's where the instructions are how to, to include that as part of the practice and how to settle that. So we'll explore that next time. So I think that's it. Um, I think that, uh, as I say, that it's the people who practice here who take care of this place, and it's always appreciated when people can stay for 10, 15 minutes at the end to tidy up the bathrooms, the kitchen, and things. Are there seven or so people who can stay for help with that? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, great. And Richard, with the name tag, is the manager. And uh, if you could um, just check in with him about the different things you're doing, and it's all very much appreciated. Thank you.